Welcome back, everybody, to Mavericks and Misfits. Thanks for tuning in again. If you're a first-time listener, my name is Jeff Lyle, and I'm grateful that you have stumbled onto our podcast. And I want to say a special thank you to those of you that are regular listeners. If you do listen regularly, you'll know that about, I don't know, maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I just kind of casually said something to the effect of, I doubt very seriously there's anybody that's listened to all, I think it was at that time, like 124 episodes. And I said, there might be one out there. And if you're out there, let me know and I'll send you something. And I literally did not think anybody would have listened to all 120 something episodes, but I was quite wrong. And when the emails started coming in, I was like, I can't give everybody something because I didn't think it would be anybody and ended up being a lot of people. So, um, and for those of you that know me well, uh, you know, I, I wasn't trying to deceive you or anything. I just may, I was just underestimating the amount of people that would have listened to all of these. And so forgive me if I've disappointed you. And if you're really hurt or you're going to be threatened to be like bitter with the podcast host who said he'd give you something and he didn't, uh, send me another email and say, Jeff, uh, at the my desire to never become bitter with you, you need to send me something. Here's my address. And if, if you do that, I'll know you're serious and I would not want to cast a stumbling block. And I literally, I'll send you something. Uh, and maybe it won't spoil on the way. I was planning on like sending you a piece of Christmas pie um, and a piece of Tupperware or something like that. But all joking aside, I'm just so, I'm just so grateful that anybody's listening at all and that um, some of you are like really being enriched and and I'm enriched in doing the podcast. Uh, we're coming up on a couple of years of doing it. And um, man, it's been good. It's been real, real good to be able to share with you, to hear from some of you. If you are interested in reaching out with either comments, uh, questions, or suggestions for a topic, um, your email go directly to me if you email me at jeff at maverickmisfit.com. And that's our website, maverickmisfit.com. The only thing that's on that website is the archives of the podcast. And so um, you can listen online at maverickmisfit.com or, of course, all the other platforms that where podcasts are hosted, uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, all of that stuff. So however you're listening, I'm just grateful that you are. Um, you know, you might be tempted to think I'm going to do a Christmas podcast because this will be airing on the week, I think the week of Christmas. And Honestly, I love Christmas. I thank God I'm actually sitting in my den right now recording this podcast in front of a Christmas tree and a mantle full of stockings and uh, a lot of decor. Amy and some friends do a great job every year making our house look very festive, and I enjoy it. But um, because like I've been preaching for almost 30 years, I've done all of the Christmas messages like over and over and over again during those years. And so on the podcast, I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> so if you're really wanting a, you know, a ho, ho, ho kind of a themed um, podcast episode, somebody else will have to do it for you because I'm going to do something very non-Christmasy today. I've actually had this thought stirring around my heart for a couple of weeks that I just want to talk about today. And it's more counsel. Um, it's not really preaching. I'm, I'm not really going to preach and I'm not really going to teach. I'm going to, I probably will read a couple of verses, but I want to counsel you about something that, um, I want, I want all my friends and people I love, I want us all to be free of this. There's this thing I'm going to talk with you about today, um, like destroys people from within. And it's one of those, um, cancerous components of life that kind of gets a free pass in the church. And a lot of people, have lived with it so long, or it's just kind of woven into the fabric of who they are, that they might not even realize how um, debilitating it is 
And if I'm being honest, how sinful it is. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the ugly twin sisters called jealousy and envy or twin brothers. And I don't want to be offensive to the women out there. They're the ugly twins of jealousy and envy. And, um, you know, most of the times when I'm talking about issues on the podcast, um, you know, life issues, mind issues, heart issues, spiritual issues, sin issues, most of them, you know, I have some level of history with, cause I like to talk out of experience. I like to help people come along through paths that maybe I've had to cut through and gotten my bumps and scrapes and, you know, fended off the wild beast along those trails. And so I'm like, Hey, if I went down these trails, I don't want to waste them. Come on behind me. I've, I've kind of carved a path, but when it comes to jealousy and envy, I just gotta be honest with you. Those are two things I've never really struggled with in my life. And that doesn't make me like super cool because believe me, you know, if you want to spend a couple of hours, I'll sit down and tell you plenty of struggles I've had and still have, but jealousy and envy has just not been something I've ever wrestled with. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about that today because, um, I've seen a lot of it like, and I feel like I'm, God's been spotlighting. I feel like Holy Spirit's put some goggles on me in the last probably six months. And I'm just seeing envy and jealousy, especially in the context of church and ministry and, uh, you know, Christian promotion of kingdom stuff. And I've, I've felt at various times some anger from the Lord on it. I've felt at other times the broken hardness of Jesus on it, that his heart is just broken. Because if there's one thing that is incompatible with people that understand grace and mercy is, is jealousy and envy. Those things just don't go together, and it breaks the heart of the Lord. But mostly what I felt is that there's a, such a high level of ignorance on these couple of things that people don't even really diagnose it properly in their own lives and heart. And, um, so I, I kind of want to talk about it. It'd probably be good for me just to start with, because a lot of people think envy and jealousy are syn synonyms, like that there's no distinction between envy and jealousy. And certainly they can overlap, but they are actually two different words. And even, you know, psychologists will tell you, these are two different kind of, um, um, pulls on the human heart. And when we're thinking about envy, envy is probably best expressed or defined like in layman's turn. I'm not, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a professional counselor. But when we're talking about envy, we're talking about when we have an awareness that we don't have something that somebody else does have. So envy is when you have something I don't have and I want what you have. Now, jealousy is a little bit different. Jealousy is when I actually have something, when you have something, but you don't want anybody else to have it. So envy is your hands are empty and you want them to be filled. Jealousy is your hands are filled and you don't want anybody taking what's in your hands out of your hands. And both of them are just like really, really incompatible with, it, with what it means to be a person who's complete in Jesus and accepted in the beloved and convinced that God is good and that God's heart towards that person is good. Like we, we lack no good thing is what the psalmist is, tells us in many places, that there's nothing that we lack, that what we have is a gift from God, and that in the truest essence, we have everything we need. And for those of us that are living in the West, we have way more than we need. We have a whole lot of what we want. 
And so envy is literally the potential for you and I to like indict God for maybe not giving us what we think we deserve. Now that may sound a little bit like intense, but I, I just like pulling back the curtain on stuff and saying, Hey, let's turn this log over and look at all the wormy stuff underneath it. And so to be envious of another person is in essence, it's to communicate to God, God, I'm disappointed in everything you've given me. And I resent what you have withheld from me that you gave to somebody else. That's what envy is. Envy is literally to say to God, hey, you haven't given me enough. And what I actually want, you didn't give me. You gave it to somebody else and I don't want them to have it. Isn't that nasty in that like kind of a terrible way? But, But hold on a second. Just ask yourself, do you have any of that in you? Do you ever feel ripped off by God? Uh, do you ever feel um, like, why does that person have a mate, have a spouse? Why does that person have money? Why does that person have gifts and abilities? Why does that person have favor? And I don't. And so when we think like that, if we think like that, what we're saying is, hey, God, you know, I'm kind of upset with you because there are some things I, I don't have that others do, and I want what they have, and you haven't given them to me. And so, Lord, what I'd actually like is if you're not going to give them to me, I don't want you to give them to other people either. So envy also can have this element attached to it where you not only don't have it, but others that do upset you, and you wish they didn't have it. In other words, if I can't have it, I don't want anybody else to have it. And that is so anti-Jesus. That's so not the heart of the king. And then jealousy on the other end, jealousy is just this, this issue, as I mentioned earlier, that you've been given something, but you live in a fear that it's going to be taken away from you and you don't want anybody else to have what you have. And so the jealousy thing has got the spirit of fear attached to it. It's often got an orphan spirit attached to it. It's, oh man, I finally got something. I'm going to, it's like Gollum with, with the ring. Precious, my precious. You know, it's the, the attitude like, oh, I finally got something and nobody else is ever going to have this thing and I'll, I'll keep it to the death. You know, we, we, we live in a culture where things like this just, you know, they're so normal. And when I'm saying the culture, I'm not even talking about the church culture. It shouldn't be that way at all in the church culture, but it's very evident in the, in the American culture in the secular humanistic culture in which you and I live, that if we're not wise and discerning, we won't even see this thing creeping up in our heart. And so when, when we see these kind of things that are, are popping up in our lives or the lives of others, these are not benign tumors. These are malignancies. And if you think I'm overstating my case, I do want to bring some Bible to bear on this, because ultimately, and if you listen to Mavericks and Misfits regularly, you know that I'm going to let the Word of God frame up how I think about anything. You know, when I'm when I'm pointed in the right direction, I'm letting the Word of God define what I believe, how I think, what I feel. Because I'm just like you; sometimes my feelings get out of whack and they come out of alignment with what the Word of God says. And the only thing I can do is tell my feelings, hey, you're not running the show. You're out of alignment. Get back into the alignment with, with what God says is true. And so when it comes to this issue of envy and jealousy, um, the Bible's not quiet about this. 
We start in a book of the Bible you might be surprised I would start in, but the book of Job. And Job, of course, is a book of you know tragic accounts of one man's human suffering that was brought onto him by the affliction of Satan. And Job was, you know, powerfully reduced throughout the book of Job through physical, relational, and financial suffering. Um, and then, of course, in the end, God let that suffering pathway lead to a gateway to glory. And so um, if you've not read the book of Job in a long time, you, you probably should for many reasons. But right there in chapter 5 of the book of Job, you have this verse that says, Resentment destroys the fool and jealousy kills the simple ones. Now, did you catch that? Resentment, and that's, that's very close to the, the aspect of envy, envy we've been talking about. So resentment, envy destroys foolish people and jealousy kills the simple. So the Bible doesn't portray this as just like a slight character flaw. It's, it's dangerous. Um, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30 says, envy rots you to your bones. Good night. You know, envy is not a superficial thing. It's not just on the lips. Um, but envy digs deeper, deeper, deeper until it gets inside of your spiritual bones. And you can't go much deeper than that. And then, of course, you've got Jesus in Matthew 7. Jesus, when he's talking about the evil that can come out of the hearts of people. Do you remember when he said that? He says, out of the hearts of men proceed these evil things. And he mentions th evil thoughts, thievery, murder, adultery, uh, deceit, sensuality. And then he throws in this, envy and coveting and pride. Now, I mean, everybody's going to say, amen, man, there's some wicked stuff out there. You talk about that murder and that adultery and that fornication and that stealing and, you know, wicked thoughts. But then Jesus throws in, yeah, and right on top of those in the same category is envy and um, coveting and pride. And, you know, guys, we, we just don't think about that. Like, when was the last time, you know, you, you heard like a, an impassioned prophet or preacher or teacher or pastor, you know, you know, pleading with the generation to come out of envy? You compare to that, how many messages have we heard, how many messages have we heard on fornication and pornography and, you know, adultery, but not so many on envy. It's not that it's never mentioned. It's just that it's mentioned as if it's in some kind of minor class of infractions. And Jesus lumped it in with murder. And so, you know, you, you've, got, you've got plenty of scripture on these issues that should give us pause. You know, the book of Proverbs says a lot about it. And I, I'm not, I don't want to turn this into a Bible study today. I love my Bible, but that's not my point today. But Proverbs 23 commands you, don't let your heart envy sinful people. Like we're, we're the ones who are the arbitrators of what, what level envy exists in our lives. And that's why we're commanded, don't let it, don't allow it to take part in your heart. Uh, the New Testament apostle James said the same thing in James 3. If you have bitter envy and ambition in your heart, don't brag and deny the truth. This wisdom doesn't come from God, but it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Whoa. The book of James chapter 3, round verse 14, says that envy is demonic 
And then he adds in verse number 16, where envy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every kind of evil. So envy and jealousy, and we'll, we'll just, without splitting hairs on these things now, we'll just kind of lump them in together after I've defined to you what they are. Um, this, this is what, what I'm hearing. Like as I'm reading these verses, I'm thinking the person who lives with envy, they cannot be happy when somebody else has something they don't have. That is demonic according to the word of God. That's not a personality issue. It's demonic. It is a demonic spirit that brings people into bondage to where they exist daily. And it's impossible for them to be happy when they see other people that have things they don't have. And one of the reasons why it's demonic is because if you're perpetually envy, envious, it's because you're perpetually self-absorbed. You're, you see the world through the eyes of you. And therefore, if you aren't feeling or you're not assessing that you're blessed in, in a certain area, you view everybody that is blessed in that area as being unjustly blessed. Because How can they be blessed in that area? If I'm not blessed in that area, that can't be right. I feel like God has done something wrong. Now, most of these people will never say that because they're, they're religious enough to know they're not allowed to say that. But if you trace it down, it has to be that. Because the Bible says, you know, what do you have that you did not receive? And if you did not, if you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? So in other words, we have only those things in life that we have received from God. Jesus said it a different way. A man can, actually it was John the Baptist, a man can receive nothing except it be given him from God. And so everything I have in my life, I have because God gave it to me. And the wisdom that God used when he gave me what I had is the same wisdom that he used when he withheld from me things I can't have or don't have. And so when, when, when we're envious, we're being spiritually unreasonable. We're saying God made a mistake or God acted unjustly. And, and what the Bible says is, yeah, that's demonic. I mean, literally, guys, I'm not making this stuff up. That's James chapter three, that that kind of reasoning or wisdom, that kind of thinking is demonic. It's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. And where envy and selfish ambition will exist, there will be disorder and every kind of evil. So not a small thing. So why am I telling you that? Well, I'm certainly not telling you that, you know, to, to ruin your day or anything, but I'm saying, are you coming into agreement with that regularly in your life? Are, are you allowing yourself to feel ripped off? Cause you're not especially those of you that are born again. Uh-oh, I feel a little prophetic fire stirring in me like the mantle of Elijah coming up and getting in our face a little bit. If you're born again, you're, you've not been ripped off. You say, well, Jeff, you don't understand the losses I've had. I, I, I may not know your losses, but you haven't been ripped off. If you've been given eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord, you got the greatest gift that can be offered to a human being, and you were among all of us who were the least deserving of it because we're all sinners like when, when Jesus found us, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We deserved nothing but condemnation, death, and hell in the lake of fire forever and ever. And God did not give us what we deserve, but instead of giving us what we deserve, he gave us mercy, he gave us compassion, he gave us grace, he gave us forgiveness, he gave us salvation. He brought us out of darkness into light. He made us, instead of children of wrath and children of the devil, we became children of God and children of the light. He wrote our names in the Lamb's Book of Life. 
<laughs> he, he preserved us in inheritance undefiled and unfading in glory forever and ever. And if you really will ponder on what you've been given and you'll be grateful for it, you can't come away feeling like, yeah, the almighty ripped me off because he didn't give me this and he gave it to her. He didn't give me this, but he gave that to him and he didn't, he withheld this, but he didn't withhold it from them. And a demon just kind of sneaks up and says, yeah, that, that God you call father in heaven is not trustworthy. If he was really good, he wouldn't have withheld that from you. And when you come into agreement with that kind of thinking, you create a little cozy nest for the demonic to take root into your life. And listen, the demons love that. They'll come and stay and they'll bring nine more. And you'll have like this terribly uh, minor key chorus of demonic voices singing to you all the time about how you've been done wrong and how nobody else should be entitled to have what you haven't been given. Now, granted, this sounds intense, but I'm intentionally going to an intense level with it because you need to see it for what it is. Because if you don't see it for what it is, you'll keep managing it in your heart instead of repenting of it and getting delivered of it. Jealousy is the same thing. Um, and it's not the same thing, but it's the same kind of inner workings in the heart. It simply says, Ooh, I finally got something. I got this person, I got this thing, I got this job, I got this level of income, I got this platform, I got this notoriety, I got, you know, this, this momentum behind my life and man, I've waited a long time for it. And so nobody's going to take it from me and you get, you, you get consumed again, another demonic assault, because when you live in constant jealousy, you're no longer looking to the giver and prizing the giver, you're looking at the gift and prizing the gift above all of other things. You can't, you can't give, you can't share, you can't release. Why? Because you're imprisoned by the thing that you have orbited around. And guys, I just, I feel like, you know, when I go back to what, you know, <laughs> um, Proverbs 14 said that this stuff rots you. Like it's rotten. And so many people are living with this. And sadly, guys, it does. It gets into the church, man. I've, you know, I've, I've confessed, I don't, I don't personally struggle with this. And that's by the grace of God. I mean, it's by the grace of God. It's not that I couldn't struggle with it. It's that by the grace of God, I don't. And um, does it tempt me at times? I think it probably does, but I'm a pretty like grateful guy with what God's done in my life. I feel like I've got far more than I deserve. Um, but, but there are times where like things have been removed from me and given to other people that I've been like, Hey, wait a minute. And what you got to do is you got to slay that demon before it utters another syllable into your soul. You can't, you can't come into agreement for 55 seconds with a demon that's telling you how wrong you've been done or how dangerous it is that you might lose what you've been given. So you have to be very, very wise and stay on your face. Uh, it comes to mind also, remember 1 Corinthians 13, that beautiful um, words of Paul concerning agape love. But do you remember with me that one of the things Paul says about love is it does not envy? That agape love, the love of God, when the love of God is at work in you, there will not be envy. And the love of God will continue to work in you until there is no envy. 
So I'm not telling you in this podcast that if you, you struggle with jealousy or envy, you're, you're unsaved, unregenerate, and you're going to hell. Um, I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is this, is that, that if you are born again, if you trust in Christ as Lord, then he is working to ensure that you're free from all sin. Like he is the relentless uh, sculptor who's going to continue to mold and make you. He's going to be pulling chunks off of you. He's going to be smoothing out places. Sometimes he'll pound on the, the clay of our life to get it malleable in his hands. But he will pound out envy because it doesn't belong in you. And he doesn't want you to get rotten to your spiritual bones. And, you know, on top of all that, he's like, yeah, I want my agape love moving through you. And my love doesn't contain, it doesn't give a place for envy. Paul would say in Galatians 5 that, you know, out of all the works of the flesh, and there's some stuff in there that were like, oh yeah, that's part of the nasty nine and the dirty dozen and the terrible 10. And let me just read some of that from Galatians 5. Paul's talking about the works of the flesh. And he mentions as works of the flesh, sinful manifestations of people who live to their flesh. And he talks about immorality and impurity and sensuality. So right off the bat, the first three things he mentions are all in the sexual and sensual area. Man, I feel like preaching that because so many people are compromised sexually. They sing on the worship team or they play in the band or they preach in the sermons. And then the rest of the week, they're like, you know, compromised sexually through, you know, fornication, through pornography, through masturbation, through, um, you know, all sorts of stuff, just sleeping around, heterosexual, homosexual, and feeding their fantasies and stuff. And Paul's like, yeah, that's, that's all flesh. But he also mentions idolatry and sorcery and, uh, you know, enmity. That's divisions, being a divisive person. Strife, jealousy, there it is. He mentioned jealousy. And he's talking about all these terrible sexual sins and idolatry and sorcery. And if you're not familiar with that Greek word defined, that's translated sorcery, it's the Greek word pharmakia, which means using of intoxicating elements like drugs or getting drunk on alcohol. It was often associated with the witchcraft of that day. And then he just throws in jealousy. And guys, jealousy is not a small thing. Like if you're a jealous person, Holy Spirit wants to partner with you to get you free from that. Because if he gave it to you, he gave it to you in wisdom and it's yours until he removes it from you. And if you're fighting to keep what he might want to remove, then you're fighting independently of him and you're going to end up losing it anyway. But jealousy simply says, God, I don't trust you to keep what you gave me. And so jealous people have to hold on to it. But then he goes on and he mentions all these other things. But then later on down in that same list with jealousy and all these sexual things, he, he mentions envy. He mentions drunkenness, carousing, which just means sleeping around. So guys, I mean, I, I'm so tempted to get off track and deal with this drunkenness because I'm so grieved about how many Christians are posting online about you know, drinking all the time. And um, like, guys, if you have to post online about that, you probably have an issue. You probably have an issue. And I see people that like lead worship and are involved in music and stuff like that. And they're drinking all the time. And I'm like, well, you don't have the anointing you think you have. You might have talent. You don't have an anointing. If you're compromised and getting drunk and well, I said I wasn't going to get off on this tangent, so I won't because we're talking about jealousy and envy. But the, my thought is like, yeah, we could see drunkenness being wrong or sleeping around being wrong. But what about jealousy and envy? It's right there in the same list. 
And if you really want to get intense about it, the end of that verse in Galatians 5.21 says, yeah, people that do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's kind of scary. So there is an aspect of a lifestyle that is dominated by envy and jealousy that may very well be indicative of a person who's not in the kingdom. I mean, they can go to church and they can say the words and they can sing the songs and they can go through the motions. But if you are willfully remaining in agreement and nursing envy and jealousy, it may very well be that you haven't been saved because envy and jealousy are sins. They're not just struggles. They're sins and they're sins that you can get delivered from. You can get set free from and God will break it off of you and radically transform your heart. I've seen so many people that get like have an encounter with the Lord. They either get born again or they have an encounter in the Holy Spirit. They get filled with the Holy Spirit and they are, they are literally delivered from jealousy. I've sat with many couples over the years whose either the husband or wife was in bondage to jealousy and were, had an encounter with God and it radically transformed them. They were never jealous again. They trusted their spouse and they trusted God. And I've seen single people that are so bitter because they're 33 years old and they still don't have a spouse yet and they're mad and they're, all their friends are getting married and they, they listen to the devil who tells them there's something wrong with them or they're ugly or they're unlovable and all this stuff. And then they get bitter because they feel like they got ripped off in life and they come into agreement with loneliness and depression instead of using their time as a single person to magnify the Lord and pursue great things for God. And the problem is that they're focused on what they don't have more than on the things that they do have. And I've seen people get delivered, like get set free. Like I've, I've met people in their 40s that said, yeah, I really struggled in my late 20s and my early 30s that I didn't have a spouse. And then I just decided I was going to use my life right then and there for the glory of God. And my, my, my missing spouse, my missing mate became a secondary issue because Jesus became everything to me. And I no longer struggle with the envy of people who have spouses when I don't. I don't know. I don't know if this is helping anybody or not, but... Um, I guess let me just give you this and I'll go because I've, I've loaded your wagon a little bit. But Peter was writing in his first letter, 1 Peter is in chapter 2. And this is what he said. And he's actually saying these verses to people that is exhorting to grow and mature in the faith. So the, the context of the verses that I'm reading you is the context of Peter saying you need to move into deeper spiritual maturity and discipleship. You need to become a deeper follower of Jesus. So in order to do that, he gives some counsel. And this is what he says in first second, excuse me, first Peter two verse one, he says, put aside all malice, put aside all deceit, put aside all hypocrisy. I mean, who malice is simply walking around mad and hostile to everybody. We all know that's wrong. Deceit. You know what that is? It's lying, not telling or living in the truth. And he says, hypocrisy. Well, that's the number one accusation against us as Christians that we're all a bunch of hypocrites. And Peter says, put all of that aside. And then he says this, and while you're at it, put aside envy. He said, put it aside. Peter says, envy needs to be dropped. And he says, like the newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow in your salvation. I just find that noteworthy that of all the things that we tell people, Hey, here's what could be stunting your growth. Most of us would never put envy in the list. And Peter did. And I'll strengthen that. 
because of the doctrine of the inspiration of the Holy Scriptures, the Holy Spirit put envy in the list of things there in 1 Peter 2, 1 and 2. He said, envy will block your spiritual growth if you don't put it aside. It's pretty intense. So I'll give, you know, just a couple of words here and then we'll sign off for today. So what do you do if you're an envious and jealous person? Well, the first thing is, is have you committed your life to Jesus Christ? Have you renounced yourself? Have you declared that you're owed nothing? Have you recognized that as a lost and damnable sinner, that when you receive Jesus Christ, you receive the greatest gift that has ever been offered to human beings. And it's offered by God himself. And if you've received him, Jesus Christ, have you so treasured the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord, that you, you do not permit yourself to feel ripped off. If you feel like you're owed anything, you're carnal. If you feel like you are owed anything, you don't understand the gospel. Because the most anti-gospel thing that a person can live with in, in their heart is walking around feeling like they're owed. Don't listen to anybody who tries to bring you into a mindset of somebody owes you. Everybody owes you. God owes you. That person owns you. These people owe you this. No, listen. Nobody owes us anything. That is a conclusion of gospel-flavored people. And when we come to that place, we say, God, forgive me because I've been jealous and I've been envious and I have not fixated on you and your glory. I've not been transformed by how good you have been to me. So God, forgive me. God, I'm sorry. I ask you to cleanse me and create a new heart in me. And God, teach me to slay this giant when it comes knocking at my door again. And then if I'm, if I'm a person that's really deeply struggling with this over years or decades, I'm going to get some help and get delivered from it because James says it's a demon. You may not like that, but there's a lot of things in the Bible your flesh doesn't like. And there's no doubt about it that the kind of thinking, the kind of unspiritual wisdom that says I'm owed is demonic. And it may be such a stronghold that you have to get that thing cast out. And so I would begin by saying this. I would say, Lord, I bind in the name of Jesus the spirit of envy and jealousy that's dominated me. I bind it in the name of Jesus Christ, and I plead the blood, the authority of the blood of the Son of God. I bring the throne of Jesus, the righteous ruler, the king, and I bring it into the midst of this jealousy and envy that I've had, and I've, I've, I'm calling on the Lord to destroy the stronghold. And I cast out every demon that has come against me to cause me to live in jealousy and envy. And I declare that I am free by the blood of Jesus as one who is grateful for the gift of God, which is salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And you do that as until envy and jealousy, they quit talking to you. Like take ownership of your internal atmosphere. Take ownership of the internal conversation. And when you feel like you've been ripped off, recognize immediately that's a lie. It's a straight up lie because you're highly favored, you're blessed, you're, you're treasured, you're accepted, you're completed, you're a child of God. How can you be ripped off when you have eternal life and the treasure of Jesus Christ? How can you feel ripped off? It's because you're not looking at him, you're looking at what you don't have. And the things I don't have in my life is because the wise God hasn't given them to me. He's too wise 
to give us certain things in our life in certain seasons. And we praise him for his wisdom, not only in what he gives, but what he withholds. And we say, demon of envy, I refuse to cooperate with you anymore. Go back to hell where you belong. I will be free. Those are my thoughts today. I hope we've helped some of you. Check us out, maverickmisfit.com. If you want more sermon resources, fuller messages on multiple topics, you can uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is uh, Transforming Truth, or you can go to transformingtruth.org. Um, you can also obviously connect with us on Twitter and social media. If you're on Twitter, uh, I actually deleted my account um, probably 18 months ago, maybe two years ago now. I don't know how many followers I had. It was it was silly. And um, I just got to the point where I felt like, hey, let me just testify. I felt like if I lost lots of followers, that it was diminishing my ministry. And I remember for about, I don't know, three months maybe, I was like, why am I checking how many followers I have on Twitter? This is going back a couple of years ago. And finally, the Lord says, because it's a source of pride in your life, so delete it. <laughs> So I did. I deleted my Transforming Truth Twitter account. I think I had like 10,000 followers. Do you know how many I have now? I think I have less than 50 followers because I created a new account. And if you want to follow me there, I can promise you this. I'm not going to be looking at it anymore saying, hmm, I'm an, I'm an increased human being because I have extra followers. I'm just saying if you want to hear little tweets of Kingdom Truth, you can follow me at uh, Word Spirit Guy. That's my Twitter handle, Word Spirit Guy. And, um, Listen, I'll be back in the saddle at uh, Church at Winder on January 8th of 2023. Took a little uh, end of the year mini sabbatical. And uh, I'll be back in the saddle at Church at Winder on January 8th. We'd love to see you out there. You can go out there before I get back. There are great people out there. Wonderful pulpit supply. Great things are going on there. My time's gone. Listen, hey, have a great Christmas if you're listening to this before Christmas. And I'll be back on next Tuesday. We'll drop a brand new episode. See ya. Thank you for listening to today's Mavericks and Misfits podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review Mavericks and Misfits with Jeff Lyle on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps us to reach more people and spread the unfiltered message of Jesus. And don't forget that you can connect with Jeff's social media links at maverickmisfit.com. We look forward to reconnecting with you on our next episode.